everyone, and welcome to the DTM Podcast. I am the great and powerful Reverend Marco of the church, You Ain't Got a Prayer. To those of you who are new to the show and or are religious, I say that as a joke and mean no insult to your religious faith or beliefs. Welcome to the show. So, before we start things off, here are a few news and notes regarding this podcast. As of this recording, I'm going to be shooting from the hip a little more and not go into too many specifics of each individual game of the previous week unless it was of some importance to that team, such as an injury to a key player, etc. Also, moving forward, I will be bringing you two podcasts a week. Yes, since I don't sleep all that well to begin with, I've decided I should be giving you faithful fans and friends a reward. And what better reward can I possibly give you than more of the great and powerful Marco? You're welcome. The release of each podcast will be early Wednesday mornings and early Friday mornings. With that said, let's get things rolling with the NBA and the New York Knicks. I have to say that considering the expectation of the team wasn't too high to begin with, and maybe the expectation was to sneak into the playoffs, the Knicks have outperformed everyone's expectations and are now sitting pretty in fifth place in the Eastern Conference. And while I'm happy for you long-suffering Knicks fans, let's not crown them as champs just yet and have a parade down the Canyon of Heroes. I am hopeful for the Knicks that they can parlay this resurgence and get some quote-unquote stars onto the team. I just hope that they don't go the way the Brooklyn Nets have and gotten rid of talented young players just so that they can make a run for the NBA championship for one year, two years, and then be right back to square one again. I have to say, if you're a Knicks fan, I'd keep Julius Randle, Obi Toppin, R.J. Barrett, and so on. Personally, I'd get rid of Frank Nittlekina, as fast as possible, although I don't see people giving up all that much for a guy who has only played nine games so far this year due to injuries and etc. The Knicks have been really good this year, and they're one game over 500, I think, as as we currently speak, but that doesn't matter. Just make the playoffs and see what kind of damage you can do once you get there, right guys and girls? That's my thinking, but like I said, I'm hopeful that uh, they go about it the right way and don't do what the Nets have done and basically sold their soul for a championship ring. Speaking of that other team in New York, the Brooklyn Nets have got themselves Blake Griffin for the rest of the season. So, they got themselves another center who doesn't play defense. While it's great that they got more scoring, what this team is seriously needing is some damn defensive player that can lock down their opponent's star players. Like a guy like Dennis Rodman who used to, back in the day, do the job for the Chicago Bulls. Remember, this isn't baseball where you can have a superstar at every position and all they need to do is worry about how they perform individually. This is truly a team sport where you have to share the ball. You only have one ball to share among five players. Not everyone's going to score 50 points a game. Um, For what I've been reading, Griffin is going to be coming off the bench and subbing in for DeAndre Jordan. I think that's a great idea, but again, he's not a defensive player. I mean, personally, I'm missing the throw, and he's his defensive prowess, but what can you do, right? Also, I've noticed that... uh, on the news and on the radio, especially the talking heads on the radio, they gone and said, oh no, Blake Griffin hasn't dunked a ball in two years. There must be something wrong with his knees. Or maybe he's getting too old. Or all this other stuff. And I'm like, come on, man. That's what you got on Blake Griffin? That he can't jump anymore? He can't dunk the ball anymore? Dude, six foot nine. Don't really think that not being able to dunk on every single play is an issue. I just want him to score. I would like to see him play defense. But Let's not make something out of nothing. And they are literally the media, I guess, because they have nothing else better to talk about as far as Blake Griffin goes. They have nothing else better to talk about, so they talk about how he hasn't jumped or he hasn't dunked in two years. 
Speaking of allowing nothing, let's talk about the New York Rangers and their dismal offense. New York Ranger fans, have you lost your mind, just like me, watching this team win three games in a row and then turn around playing teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Boston Bruins and not have an answer against those teams? I grant you the team has had a couple of injuries with uh, Chuba and Shesterkin. There's really no reason why they haven't been competitive against teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins. Watching them play offensively against teams like Pittsburgh, like I said, it's maddening, I tell you. Maddening. They stand around, they look at each other, they wait for someone to do something with the puck, and the other team's looking at them like, well, you're going to do something? Okay, you're not going to do something, so they'll just pick their pocket and run it and run the puck back the other way. And then they get caught with their pants down, and usually the goaltender like Shesterkin or Yorgiev have to dive or, make a spec- or try to make a spectacular play, which they... Haven't been doing too well recently in that department. And they'll give up a goal, especially uh, Georgiev. I don't know if he's a number one goalie. Um, where last year he'd play a few games and then get substituted substituted out by Shesterkin. This year it seems like he can't figure it out. He, can't, he does not have consistent uh, games, particularly in back-to-backs. One game he'll be great. The next game go high, high over his glove hand. Boom, there's a goal. Thank you for coming. And then with uh, Shesterkin, he'll overreact to plays, and he'll go sliding across, especially if he doesn't, especially when there's a defender in front of him or somebody blocking his view. He'll just slide really enthusiastically to either the left or the right and get himself out of position and get caught that way, and they'll either score through his legs because he's pushing off on his skates, leaves his legs open. You go five-hole on the uh, goalie. Thanks for coming. And... If you're a Ranger fan, you're looking at this going, come on, guys. You guys are better than this. You have to be better than this. You played better. You played so much better last year. And while guys like uh, Zibanejad carried that team, especially towards the end of last year, to make a run, to get into the playoffs, and then the stupid COVID thing hit, Zibanejad is not the guy this year. He had COVID. I don't know if it's affecting his gameplay. He seems to be trying really hard, but... He doesn't have it this year. Somebody else needs to pick it up the slack. Needs to pick up the slack on this team. Otherwise, they're really not going anywhere this year, and they're going to be out of the playoffs. And I got to look at Sad Eyes uh, David Quinn for another year, and I'm going to pull the rest of my hair out of my head. If this team doesn't respond well, I do not see him being around at the end of next year for sure. He's already been here for three years. He started off, so you give him a. He's a coach. He's a uh, college coach. He uh, coached in, I think, Harvard, I believe. And by all counts, he was a pretty good coach for young guys, which is great. But now you're in the third year with this team, and it's like, where are we going, guys? Are we going somewhere this year? Anybody? Hello? Anyway, moving on. Speaking of a team that is really moving on, um, New York sports fans have something to hold on to this year, hopefully for a championship, as far as that goes, with the, I hate to say this, The damn New York Islanders. The New York Islanders have been on fire. They are now in first place in the Eastern Division. Two points overall as of this recording. They have won six of their last seven games. And they have absolutely beaten up on garbage teams. Like the surprisingly bad Buffalo Sabres who were in the playoffs last year. And they did make a run last year. And this year they're just totally whack. They beat up on the Devils. The Devils, they're a young team too. They looked really good a year ago, two years ago, and the wheels fell off on that team as well. 
a la the New York Rangers. I know I'm going to say New York Rangers a lot. I apologize. But the Islanders have been superb. I can't say enough good things about them. It makes me sick having to say that. But give the devil his due, so to speak. They've been sharp as anything. First place overall, I really don't see anybody in the Eastern Division giving that much in the way of trouble. Maybe Penguins, maybe the Bruins, because the Bruins are a little sneaky. They may fall off in the middle of the year and have a little bit of a losing streak, but when the playoffs come around, they always seem to be in talks to get to the Eastern uh, Division, so the Eastern Conference, sorry, the Eastern Conference Championship game. Um, the Eastern Conference Finals, I should say. Like I said, as far as the Islanders go, they have been great. I can't say enough good things about them. Defensively, they've been great. Offensively, they've been spot on. All their guys are just shooting the lights out. Matthew Barzal uh, in uh, one of the previous games did a nice little trick shot where he uh, took the puck, uh, went through his legs, and with the stick between his legs, he shot the puck up and over the goaltender and made the goaltender look like a fool. But seriously, that was fantastic. I can't say enough good things about the Islanders. And like I said before, that makes me sick. <laughs> Moving on. Going to the Major League Baseball, New York Yankees, uh, as of this recording, Zach Britton is out with a sore elbow. He might be missing the start of the season. That rings alarm bells for me because you have a couple weeks left before the season starts. It's another two or three weeks. And for this guy to be out with his um, throwing arm giving him problems, to me that smacks of trouble for the Yankees bullpen, who's going to be the setup man now for uh, Chapman. Is it going to be Loisaga? Uh, Lo is it going to be Chad Green? I mean, Chad Green is great, but how many times in a row in games can you use him as a setup guy? What if your games are close two and three games in a row? You're going to use Loisaga to spell uh, Chad Green, give you a break there um, until uh, Zach Britton comes back? What about this uh, Wilson kid? Can he uh, step in for uh, Zach Britton, do some work there? Maybe, I hope. We shall see with that. Um, New York Mets also have uh, an injury to report. Uh, torn meniscus for Jose Martinez. He's going to be gone for four months, which is pretty long for a torn meniscus. But what do I know? I'm not a professional doctor, so I uh, hope that he gets back soon for the New York Mets. Like I said, I think the New York Mets are going to be doing well this year. As the bullpen goes, so go to New York Mets. I think their starting rotation is going to be pretty damn good. And their offense, if everything goes well, of course, thank you, Captain Obvious. I see them giving uh, everybody in the National League East a run for their money. Uh, we shall see where that goes. In the NFL, the damn we going to be Super Bowl champions every year. Cowboys have signed Dax Prescott to a four-year deal. Um, as a Giants fan, I say, ooh, Mufasa, ooh. Jerry Jones and company are making a push to win the Super Bowl again this year. However, they have yet to address the elephant in the room, and that is the Cowboys' defense, which was near the bottom in every category for all of last year. Um, you may be asking yourself, why am I talking about the Cowboys? Well, that's because they're in the Giants' division, and this signing directly affects the New York Giants. Overall, as things currently stand, the Giants are looking to improve on this middle season last year, where they went 6-10. and 10. If Daniel Jones doesn't show significant improvement this year, I would say that they need to move on and find themselves a legit quarterback. That is both mobile and career defenses for the love of all things big and small. 
Anyway, uh, the Giants also franchise tagged Leonard Williams, who will be getting paid $19.4 million. I'm a fan of Leonard Williams. I'm glad that he's still going to be on the team next year. I'm hoping that they can sign him to a longer-term deal. And I'm hopeful that the defense plays even better than they did last year. The Giants are going to get Saquon Barkley back. That's great. But what are they going to do if the offensive line doesn't improve some more like they have been in increments um, this past year. They really need that offensive line to open up holes for Saquon in order for Saquon to be of any use for the uh, Giants offensively. On the other side of the house is the New York Jets, uh, who have finally and mercifully moved on from the godforsaken quarterback whisperer, alleged Adam Gase. Where I'm standing, watching the Jets last year with Adam Gase was like having Freddy Krueger chase you around in your nightmares. Um, I'm happy for the Jets. They got themselves a youthful, enthusiastic Robert Salah as the coach, uh, who was formerly of the San Francisco 49ers. He was the defensive coach, I believe, for the uh, 49ers. Don't quote me on that. Um, Also, they still have Darnold. I'm hopeful that Darnold is going to improve this year, do better than he did in the last two years uh, under Adam Gase, who was supposed to help him out, and clearly that dude did not help him out for crap. I mean, he didn't have much in the way of receivers to throw to either. He had okay receivers, but nobody that was a standout wide receiver, nobody that played lights out. Um, Donald looked lost most of the time. I'm hopeful that this year for the New York Jets that they have a better offensive year and that their defense improves as well. And like I said, I always enjoy it when both New York teams, whether they be Giants and Jets, Yankees and Mets, etc., etc., I always like it when both teams are doing well. It uh, makes for an interesting conversation among friends in the New York area. And here's the hoping that the uh, Jets do well this year. And if they decide to move on from Darnold, I'm hoping that they find themselves a good quarterback in the draft uh, coming this year. Okay, DTM Universe, what do you think? Do you think that the Jets should just cut bait with Darnold and get themselves a new quarterback? Mets fans, how confident are you in the bullpen? Do you think the Mets will make the playoffs? Yankee fans, how worried are you about the Zach Britton injury? Who do you think will fill in for him in the setup role? Nick fans, do you want the team to blow up the chemistry that they've developed so far to get an all-star player on the team? Or do you want to keep riding with how, how they are right now and see what happens in the offseason? Net fans, what do you think about the signing of Blake Griffin? Do you think this will put the NBA championship in their back pocket this year? Let's hear your thoughts on dtmsportscast at gmail.com. Also, give the podcast a follow on your podcasting apps and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews helps me to gain a larger audience. Please help out as much as you can. Thank you so much for listening. As always, remember to do something nice for someone who isn't expecting it. And once again, thank you for listening and see you all on Friday.